Greenlight Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. Week three is in the books, and it was a interesting weekend in the NFL. Uh, winners who probably won, probably shouldn't have won, and teams continue to let us down week to week who we had high expectation for coming into the seasons but there are a couple new teams who are definitely making a name for themselves are you ready to recap week three interesting week definitely for week three in the nfl wasn't it achilles yes it was definitely an interesting week we've got some uh, injuries we've got upsets we got a little bit of everything so uh definitely a fun week all right, let's kick things off with the Houston Texans and Chicago Bears. Speaking of teams who won games, who probably shouldn't be winning games, somehow the Bears are 2-1. and one. Uh, Justin Fields, most yards thrown this season, 114. Most completions in a game this season, 9. Uh, how are the Bears 2-1? and one? Uh you know, I, I know how they won this game. Davis Mills threw a pick at 2020 in his own end zone, but uh, uh, it's just weird. Weird this Bears team can't throw the ball at all. I, I will, you know, I, I will compliment them in that they run the ball really, really well. Uh, Kahil Herbert came in for an injured Montgomery, ran the ball well, but defensively they weren't all that great, uh, you know, Houston was able to run the ball pretty effectively. They were able to throw the ball pretty effectively. You got basically two really bad turnovers. Mills throws a, a you know turnover on the one end of the goal line for a pick six, and then the aforementioned pick he threw right at the end of the game that led to the Bears getting the touchdown. But uh, I, Bears are two and one. Uh, I, I think some of us would struggle to think they would get to two to three wins all year long, but they've somehow figured out a way to win games, though, doing absolutely nothing on offense. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, these are pretty much two of the teams that we thought were going to be kind of the bottom tier uh, of the standings at the end of the year. But um, I guess both these teams are improving in their own unique way. You've got uh, this Bears team, as you mentioned, that did a pretty good job at running the ball, even when their star running back got injured, uh, which, by the way, cost me in fantasy. Uh, <clears throat> and you got Houston, who uh, they've been through so much turmoil over the last couple seasons, and uh, now they're basically trying to rebuild from the ground up. They were able to acquire some uh, some picks through the uh, through a trade for the draft, and they improved their team somewhat. We see them being competitive, and it's one of the reasons why I actually picked them to win this game. Uh, unfortunately, they... Uh, caused a turnover late in that game that cost him uh, dearly. Uh, but I don't think it was horrible football to watch. I, I just, you know, these bo both of these teams are lacking in different departments, and, and but they're improving, and I think it's a good thing for the NFL in general. Yeah, you, you basically saw sort of what Davis Mills has to offer. He, he can get you productive numbers, and he can keep you in games, but he also might lose you the game, which this one he, he sort of lost. Uh, you know, he's pretty much the exact opposite of Justin Fields, where, yeah, you know, you congratulate his confidence and ability to, you know, be aggressive in, like, throwing the ball, but he also 
through two passes that he shouldn't, and that basically cost his team the game here. Um, what do you make of Davis Mills? Let's get to that. Do you think he's anything other than, you know, a, a really solid backup? Or do you think maybe he can sort of find his way out of this good enough to play but not really good enough to win football games? I'm not going to write the guy off just just yet, but I, I will say that uh, definitely from what he's uh, shown so far to this point in his career, uh, I think that he's more of a journeyman type of guy, a guy who's going to kind of bounce around uh, to be a, a solid backup quarterback. Uh, but again, that's still to be written. Uh, but I think as of now, just based off what we've seen, that's where you got to put him. Yeah. Bears side of things. Uh, I, I know he doesn't have a lot of receivers, but what do you make of Justin Fields? I, I mean, I, I guess you can't fault winning games, but these are his three games so far this season. Eight of 17, uh, 121 yards, 7 of 11, 70 yards, 8 of 17, 106 yards. Uh, this isn't an option offense. <laughs> this is a NFL pro-style offense, and he is just not completing passes, not completing passes for yards, and they basically look scared to throw the ball uh, with him. Now, some of that is the receivers, but... It also tells me if the offensive coordinators have no faith in him really dropping back and throwing 24 to 26 times. So what do you make of Justin Fields so far this year? I mean, some of it's got to go on him. Some of it's got to go in the system. And, you know, the guy hasn't had a consistent system in his, since he came into the league, which is pretty uh, pretty sad for him. But, you know, he's trying to get through this. Uh, so... Some of it's some of it's on that. Some of it also has to be put on the fact that, you know, I know you mentioned he doesn't have weapons, and he really doesn't. But you know, there's plenty of other teams that don't have you know so so-called weapons on offense uh, at the wide receiver yeah. spot, and they are and yet throwing they still, for hundred yards a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, okay, I know that you know St. Brown's really you know coming to his own, but you look at the team like the Lions. Prior to that, they really had no big-name wide receivers there. Uh, you look at uh, Baltimore, but yet these quarterbacks are still producing. So some of it has to go on him. Some of it has to go on the inconsistencies of his systems and then um, also on the supporting cast. Yeah, definitely so. Yes. Uh, all right, let's get off that game and uh, go to another one. Uh, this one was not great either i think we'll probably find both these teams towards the back end uh, i still have a little faith in the raiders but it's slowly sipping away because basically every game is the same game they get behind they sort of find their rhythm they get right there and then the last couple plays to sort of win them the game they don't make uh Tennessee won this game 24-22, uh, dominated the first half, and then just were awful, awful in the second half. Derrick Henry basically rushed for all his yards in the first half, didn't do anything. What did you make of this game first off? I, I just, it, it basically looked like two bad teams. You know, this was another one of those games that uh, I looked at and I'm like, okay, well, from what Tennessee has shown me so far this season, compared to what the Raiders have shown me. 
I think the Raiders are better than they are. So I thought this was a gimme. Uh, of course, nothing in the NFL ever is, but you look at the Raiders team. Last week, they came out really strong. They took an early lead, and then they died down towards the end of the game. They couldn't close the game out. You had the complete opposite this week where they didn't show up at all until that second half where they really started to come alive and uh, Tennessee uh, let them back into it. But, you know, they still lost this game. And it's one of the reasons why I picked them as either third or fourth to be in, coming out of the AFC West in our preseason rankings. It's, it's because I still don't quite trust this whole Raiders team and the Josh McDaniels experiment. I, I'm personally not a fan. I, I don't understand what you can gain from being a head coach, being a sorry, being an offensive coordinator, then promoted to a head coach in a different uh, different team, then it doesn't work out. So you go back to being an offensive coordinator again, and you find your way back to your old team, and somehow that's supposed to prepare you to be a head coach. Uh, I really don't understand it. Uh, but again, maybe they can fix this thing. There's there's a lot of talent on that team, so uh, if they can clean this up, they can get back into it. But they're in a tough division, so it's it's going to be really hard. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up the McDaniels thing because uh, we were split on it, uh, you know, uh, at the end of uh, last season when he got the job and then, you know, previewing this year. I, I thought he'd sort of be able to be improved from uh, from what he was at Denver. And I, I think I saw something where he, he's now like 9-28 and 28 as a head football coach. I don't want to be crazy and be like, yeah, they should get rid of him. But the three games I've watched, this is this offense has been terrible. Uh, you know, it's inconsistent. Devontae Adams doesn't even exist. And I just, I think he had four targets. He had three catches for like 38 yards. Uh, it, it do you want to be paying a $35 million decoy? Uh, it just, that seems weird to me. And granted, they, you know, drove right down, got that touchdown. I hated the two-point call where it was basically, let's just lob the ball up to Waller, uh, despite the fact he was triple covered. Um, you know, uh, maybe something more creative. It, it just... Maybe Jocks McDaniel isn't cut out to be a head coach. Uh, I think that's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, players seem to be turning a little bit on him. And the other thing I find weird is Josh Jacobs once again ran the ball really well in this game. But 13 carries, 66 yards. That's 5.1 yards a carry. No carries. The same thing happened in that Arizona game. He ran the ball well. They decided not to use him the whole second half of the game. Uh, and it, and then there was, it, it's just weird to me. I, I don't understand. I, I don't know if you pull the trigger four games in, but I'm not liking anything I see. And I, you start to go back to what the offenses were in New England the last three or four years. They, they, even with Brady, uh, you know, there that those last couple years, they looked a lot like this. Inconsistent, not smooth. You know, at, at times they drive right down the field, but then at times they look like they can get zero yards like they did in the first half. I'm just curious, do you bail on this McDaniels experiment so quickly? 
Well, I mean, obviously, you know, three games in is still way, way too early to uh, to bail on that because if you back out of this this early in the season, it, it shows a lack of uh, uh, of knowledge in what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, it it's shows that your upper management has no idea, your front office has no idea as to what you're trying to build and what you're trying to put together within that organization, which can be very detrimental in the long run. So I don't think you can bail on it just yet, but I definitely think that it's something that, I mean, if we continue to play like this, where they lose the next, you know, five out of the next eight games, uh, then you really have to start questioning whether, uh, because this team last season, which wasn't great, to begin with, you know, they made a bit of a run at the end of the season, uh, dealing with all the adversity they dealt with, and they were able to sneak into the into the postseason. But they played really gritty. I remember using that word yeah. a lot with their games. It was gritty, and you just don't see that from them this time. Uh, you see them trying to force the ball to Devontae when there's no need for it. Uh, Renfro just isn't getting as many uh, looks as he's getting. You would assume that he'd be more open this time uh, with you know Adams getting all the coverage and Waller getting extra attention now that he's becoming a bigger name. And It just doesn't seem to be working, and, and, and I think it has to start at the top. Yeah, definitely so. Uh so if I gave you an over-under on McDaniels, let's just say one and a half, would you take the over or the under on that one? For what? For seasons that he oh. coaches. I, 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 one and a half, I'd have to take the under on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a very, very big feeling. This is sort of a one and done and reset. Uh, maybe they can find themselves anything on Tennessee. Uh, I, I didn't really see much that led me to believe they're going to be all that great. Uh, it, it basically looks like a six-win team that might could sneak to eight, but I, I certainly don't think this team is going to be towards the top end uh, like they were last year. Well, you know, the good thing for Tennessee is that they were able to utilize Derrick Henry a lot more in this game. Uh, even in the passing game, which we've seen him kind of, uh, you know, pull pull away from that a little bit over the last couple of seasons. Uh, but it's, he's just not quite there yet. He's still not the Derrick Henry uh, of old, you know, King Henry. Uh, so there's still room for concern there, but at least they're feeding the ball and it worked from this game. Uh, their young wide receivers were able to get involved in the game also. And uh, Robert Woods, uh, I think he led them in yards this yeah. game. Uh, so, you know, it was nice to see them kind of come alive a little bit. Uh, it's nice to see the quarterback not make a ton of mistakes, uh, but, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement here. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Uh, Chiefs, Colts, uh I, I sort of called this one. I, I said the Colts would be find a way to cover. I, I didn't know if they could win outright. They did win outright. But uh, anyone who literally watched this game or wants to go repeat and watch this game, um, it, it's a minor miracle <laughs> that the uh, Colts pulled this out. I mean, basically everything that could sort of screw up the Chiefs did starting with the uh, first play of the game where kickoff is fumbled Colts get a cheap touchdown there uh, you know I think the Chiefs missed three field goals because you know they're using some backup kicker who is no longer there and the Colts are on the board but 
I, I think you play this game a hundred times. The Colts might win one more time. I, I, nothing stoked me that the Colts were really on the level of the Chiefs. It's it, it's just sort of one of those freaky NFL games where, yeah, you, you found a way to win, but you aren't the better team here. Yeah, as I'm watching this game, the first uh, thought that came to mind was, man, Champ called this one, and, and I could not understand uh, how this was even happening. I, I didn't see a way. There was just nothing that I've seen from the Colts team. That's called years the... of gambling experience and losing money on this game since I was about 13 years old. <laughs> and even even then, though, for some reason, it felt even as the Colts were winning this game, and they were you know pretty dominant early on, but it felt like the Chiefs were just not going to go away. Uh, you know, you still pulled off the cover on that one. Um, unfortunately for me, I took the Chiefs, so it ended up costing me. But, yeah, as you mentioned, so many different things had to happen in order for this Colts team to uh, be competitive, let alone win in this game. You know, Jonathan Taylor did a pretty good job running the ball. Uh, you know, I, I believe his average wasn't great, but, you know, he was able to uh, get enough carries to actually uh, contribute. And it, they pull off the win. Listen, kudos to them. you got to give props, and I'm sure that – it, it excites that locker room to pull off a win against uh, one of the favorites in the AFC. Uh, and maybe this can kind of pull them and kind of get them going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, we haven't touched on the Jags yet, but let's just sort of reevaluate the uh, AFC South. Titans, Jags, Colts. What order do you see those three in right now? Uh, it's kind of sad that we just said the Texans are super competitive and yeah. nothing on them. Uh, right now, listen, we just got to be realistic, okay? And I, I wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season, and I didn't say it at the beginning of the season. But right now, as it stands, I would probably say it has to be Jaguars, Titans, Colts. Yeah, uh, I, I sort of, right now, if you look at these teams play football, just watch them play football. The Jags are playing good football and should be 3-0. and Uh these Titans Colts just sort of look meandering and don't play good football, but I think the Jags are way ahead of all three of these teams right now. Now that might change. Maybe the Colts find themselves, maybe the Titans find themselves and sort of find their way through this division, but right now I, I think it's a runaway for the Jags uh, from what I've seen from their three weeks of play. All right, let's go to... Possibly an even weirder game where the team won. Uh, Dolphins 21, Bills 19. Let me just give you a couple team stats in this one. First downs, Bills 31, Dolphins 15. Yardage, 497 to 212. And the topper of all, total plays run. Bills 90, Dolphins 39. I believe they ran seven plays in the second half. Um, I, I, I know there has been a lot of pundits on the ESPNs and stuff going, the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. Um, clearly, they don't watch these football games. They see score lines. But are you ready to say Dolphins, best team in the AFC? Not quite. I, I will say that the Dolphins are definitely the the most uh, 
speediest, deadliest team? Uh, I, I don't even know how to put it. That's one of the reasons why you manage uh, to beat a team uh, when you've got about half the first downs they do at the end of the game. It's because you don't need as many first downs because you can stretch the field so well. It, it, I, I don't know. I, I really was concerned. I, I, we talked about our bets uh, prior to the game. I talked about how one of my picks in that game was for Tua to throw a pick. Uh, but, you know, obviously this was before the – the entire secondary for the Bills was uh, was yes. compromised, uh, but you know he didn't throw a pick. Uh, it worked out. It, he did a pretty good job at managing the game, especially later on as the game progressed. Uh, it looked like Buffalo was going to be able to sneak away with it, but it was a really competitive game. I, I did mention that I thought it was going to be a lot more competitive than the pundits thought. I actually took the under in this one, which actually hit for me. Um, it just things had to go right, just like the last game. Things had to go right for the Dolphins to win, uh, and they're talented enough. They got enough talent. Uh, I was a little concerned when Tua went out after that uh, that the injury. Back uh, but injury, he, where yeah. you get shaky legs and your head is driven straight to the turf. <laughs> I listen. I, I you know Tua's in one of my. He's in our fantasy league. Um, he's my quarterback, and and I sat there uh, talking to my wife, and I was like, "Yeah, Tua's out." I'm like, "Did you see him?" He was knocked out. He was out. And uh, to see him, she's like, no, he's back. I was like, there's no way. She must be, you know, uh, on delay or something. Yeah, he came back, and that's the only reason they won. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, do you are you going to do that if that's like your franchise quarterback who just in front of thousands of people came up on wobbly legs? Are you really going to throw him back out there? I mean, for a game three, uh, week three game? Well, that's what I, I I didn't understand. It's a week three game. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is their backup, so it's not like they're going to some rookie. And then basically what told me even more that it was not a back, it was a concussion, they basically had him handing the ball off the whole second half, probably because he was barely lucid. So, you know, we'll get into some interesting decisions by uh coaches whose quarterbacks are hurt and are still having them in the game with a minute to go in a 24 point game uh chargers you're coming uh but yeah it it seemed like a weird decision It, it now i get it the dolphins want this game really badly and they're sort of in that mode where they want to prove they're one of the top teams in the afc uh you know their goal is not to win games in the playoffs right now. That would be a nice bonus, but I, I think they're sort of in the spot where Buffalo was, you know, three years ago, where Buffalo, you know, won 13 or 14 games and are trying to show off, uh, you know, that they're going to be a top team in this division. But, yeah, I have no clue why you throw Tua back in there when clearly there was something wrong. You, you. You don't get up on wobbly legs, whether it's head or back, and you're like, no, I'm good. Let's go play some more football. Uh, You know, whatever, medical staff cleared him, but uh, it did seem a little bit shaky to me. Uh, Dolphins got the win. They got a tough game on, you know, Thursday night on a short week. I'm curious to see how they uh, react to that one. Any, you know, nervousness with Buffalo here? Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Allen short-armed a throw that he makes, you know, 99 times out of 100 to win him the game. Uh, you know, they probably, they missed, I, I think, two field goals, maybe three field goals. I, I, 
They missed a handful of field goals in this game. It, and, you know, I, I talked about it in, in our preview show where the, in that last quarter the Heat started to get into them and they were all pretty worn down. It's just one of those things where teams going into Miami – uh, this time of year are, are not still used to like 90 degree heat with huge humidity. Yeah, listen, you still, I don't think if you're Buffalo, you have much to be concerned about. Uh, as I mentioned, the Dolphins are a really good team uh, who just haven't really gotten over that hump. But uh, they came out, they played tough. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the weather temperature really impacted this game. And that's one of the great things about social media is uh, I'm kind of reading as the game's going on, even after the game. And all you heard about was the temperature and shade. And there was like complaints going back and forth about one side not having shade. So obviously the weather, uh, you know, impacted the game. But, you know, Josh Allen still had a monster game, 400 yards throwing the ball. Uh, you know, it just, you you know, at the end of the game, you give Josh Allen the ball nine out of ten times. I think he, he completes that pass. Uh, so I'm not too concerned there. This is just one of those games where you go up against a really good team and things just don't happen to fall your yeah, way. Definitely so. All right, uh, let's get to uh, the Lions-Minnesota, which turned into a pretty good game. The Lions dominated this game for pretty much the whole game. I I'm going to talk to you about the decision, but uh, Vikings pulled this one out. What would you make of this one? Uh, you know, it was – honestly, when I tuned out of this game, I thought this game was done. Uh, I really thought the Lions did enough to win this game, and uh, I kind of started focusing on some of the other games – and when I came back to it and I saw the Vikings when I was a little surprised, so I had to go back and watch the end of that game. Uh, you know, both of these teams, I think, are exactly what we think they yeah. are. Uh, I just think that the Lions have been a little more consistent than the Vikings have so far this season. I know it's only three games in, so it's kind of weird to say that, but it's true. The Lions are going to come out and they're going to score points on you, whether it's run the ball, whether it's passing the ball. They do both pretty well. And they, they complement all their weapons, uh, you know, amongst uh, Ross St. Brown. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, two pretty good, pretty good running backs. And I think Williams scored two touchdowns in this game. Uh, I don't think Swift got any, but he got a lot of yards on the ground. And they get involved in the passing game. They got a good tight end. Uh, so they, they've got a lot of nice pieces there. It's just that they can't really defend. They can get after the quarterback. They can get sacks but they're not going to close teams out. So uh, if you go up against this Lions team, it's going to be a shootout. This Vikings team has got great, great weapons on offense, and they didn't show up that first uh, first half, and they start to come alive towards the end of the game there, which is why they were win the game. But uh, still concerns there with Minnesota, just the yeah. way that they're managing everything there. Uh, it has me scratching my head a little bit. They're not utilizing their weapons the way they should. Yeah, uh... Let me just ask you about the Lions coaching decision at the end. You know, Minnesota gets down, gets that, you know, cheap touchdown, uh, kick the ball to the Lions. Lions move the ball down the field like they've been doing all game. Uh, they get to that weird spot uh, around the 40-yard line and don't get the third down conversion, and it's fourth and four. Uh, you know, they'd gone three or four going on fourth down of the day, so they weren't scared to go for it on fourth down. The Vikings had used all their times out, so I just, you know, you, you get this Dan Campbell preaching aggressiveness, you know, no fear, and then basically his decision is to kick like a 60-yard field goal. Um, that, that's got to be an either go-for-it situation or you punt the ball there and try to pin them down and make them go the 90 yards. Uh, 
in with no timeouts left. This isn't college. You don't get a clock stoppage every first down. That's very difficult to do. Uh, and if you're going to risk that field goal and give up the field position, why wouldn't you just go for it there? I, I just... I don't understand that decision. You basically gave the Vikings a lifeline there on a field goal versus a kicker who had already missed kicks in the game. I just, I didn't understand that, and this is why the Lions lose games that they should win. This should be the Lions 2-1 and one and the Vikings 1-2, and two, and instead it's Lions 1-2, and two, Vikings 2-1. Two and one. Well, this is one of the issues you run into when you have one of those, uh, you know, coaches who don't really take too much concern with game management. And by game management, I mean everything that entails clock management, uh, play style, whether you're going for it on fourth, whether you're going to punt the ball, kick a field goal. you know. But my thing is you have a quarterback that you brought into the trade. I understand the way it worked out. You ended up on the plus side of that trade. But, you know, he's supposed to be your guy, especially since you haven't really made any statements about going out and looking for someone else. So he's supposed to be your guy, and you're going to put it in the in basically in the hands of your kicker. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me, as you mentioned. If you're going to go for it, put it in the hands of your guy. Put it give, put it in the hands of the quarterback. Have him make a play. But even then, uh, you live by those moments and you die by those moments when you're a coach who just, I mean, lives on the edge basically and preaches aggressiveness. That's just what you're going to get. Uh, but I mean, listen, the lines are improving and. I think that you have to sometimes make mistakes like this to grow as a coach because his mentality, we saw it throughout all of Hard Knocks, has basically been just go, 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 go. And maybe this is what it takes for him to stop and reflect and maybe listen, hey, sometimes I got to slow down and, and, and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. You know, they had no timeouts, as you mentioned. Put the ball, pin him deep. We, As we said, they don't have a great defense, but they do have pass rushers. So you you put in a situation where you're making the other team throw. Now you're putting your guy, your your first round draft pick uh, that you put all that you know uh, stock into, and, and you're making him uh, basically prone to his own by trying to make a play, make a stop, or make an impact in the game. So I, I didn't like it. I think if you're going for it, uh, go all the way or don't go at all. Yeah, that it. The other thing is it. It was a three point game. You you take it from three to six. That you. <laughs> You lose with a touchdown either way. It just, uh, you know, it, it, when nut crutching come time came, you basically went for it four different times on fourth down. You got three of them, and you're like, no, not this time. But then it's like, no, we don't want to punt, but we're going to kick a long field goal that has no – I just – I don't know. It, it ticked me off, and it – that's just something the Lions had this game and it goes down as a loss because they didn't manage it right. You know, you could sort of start back at them sort of conceding that touchdown before they got the ball back. But, you know, every team sort of does that. That's not too much to complain about. All right, let's go to Ravens Patriots. Uh, we won't touch on this very long. Lamar Jackson is playing really, really good football right now. Uh, just sort of dominated this game. 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. Uh, another great game. Uh, basically, Baltimore's just a, a much better team with New England. And uh, this New England thing might get really, really dark here. Uh, you know, 
I, I had talked to you uh, a couple different times about Mac Jones and him being a little bit turnover prone these last, towards the end of last season. It's bled over here, and he had three picks again this uh, week. But then he gets hurt at the end, and he's going to be out a handful of weeks. And, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer, who I, I think I saw a stat, hadn't won a football game in like five years. Uh, how dark does it get for the Patriots here? Because I, I don't think there's much to say about this game other than Lamar's playing really, really good football here. I mean, if we have to be honest here, I don't think it's getting much darker. I think it was pretty much dark already. This is one of those teams that I thought were, were was going to show a regression this season, uh, and, and I thought it was mainly because of the quarterback. There was a lot of things I saw from him last season that I really liked, but it, it happens with a lot of uh, you know second year quarterbacks. You you see a drop off, and, and I expected that from him. So I don't think it can get much darker. I think the biggest issue now is the fact that you're basically cutting the development and the progress that Mac Jones was basically making. Uh, even if he wasn't getting wins, even if he wasn't looking great, getting game time experience uh, does wonders for a quarterback. So a uh, bit of a, of a fallback for them, but I think overall it's not that big of a worry because it's not like they were really going to contend uh, for a division title, uh, at least in my opinion. But again, uh, I'm sure fans are probably looking at this like, oh, are you kidding me? Uh, our quarterbacks hurt. Of course, it's darker times. But I don't think they're, uh, you know, uh, in a much worse spot, to be honest with you. Let me just go a, a little win total here. Six for the Patriots. Would you go over under? I, I think that the defense is good enough, um, especially under Bill Belichick, that with a healthy Mac Jones and, and – the right circumstances, I think they can go over, but not not by much. That'd be a stretch. Yeah, I, I think I'd go under, and I, I think this could be maybe four. Uh, you know, if Mac, you know, if those high ankle sprains are weird. Uh, it, oh, it, they can linger. It, it could be two weeks. It could be six weeks, and it's if it's one of those things where it's like six weeks. Uh, you know, it it it, it could get really bad to where they're winning like four games this year, uh, especially from what we've, you know, I don't see any chance they can beat Buffalo. Uh, they already lost to Miami once, you know, maybe they can beat the Jets. And uh, speaking of the Jets, Bengals uh, got their first win of the season. Um, looked better, I, I, I will say, but I, I went back because I, I was only, you know, half uh, watching this game. I went back and, and rewatched this game on the condensed version on NFL Plus. And, you know, we, we talked about the sacks, and it was only one this game. But if you go back and watch this, Burrow's being harassed the whole game. And he's just, you know, he's getting out of the pocket. He's making plays. And the Jets just really aren't very good. Uh, but it, it's still concerning to me, even in this game where the Jets don't have a great pass rush and they're fighting on the sidelines, uh, that he was still being harassed really, really big uh, in this one. And, you know, Mixon wasn't running the ball all that well. Uh, you know, 28 carries for 69 yards overall. That's a 2.5 average. I, I'm still concerned about this offensive line. And, you know, uh, we talked about they played Thursday versus Miami. Uh, Dynamite seems to really, really love the Bengals. The Sharps all really love the Bengals. But 
I'm still a little concerned about this line. What would you make of this game uh, just overall? Do you, did you look at it as an improvement for the Bengals, or they just, you know, got the Jets here, and uh, this was sort of a must-win 0-2 Bengals playing the Jets? Well, it was definitely a must-win for the Bengals team, who started off the season poorly after uh, making it to the Super Bowl last season, but... You, you look at that offensive line, as you mentioned, they only gave up two sacks. I believe it was Rankins and Williams who got those sacks. Yeah. Uh, but as you mentioned, he was under duress the entire game. So there is definitely some improvement there. The improvement is you were able to stop sacks uh, and turn them into incompletes or, or, or completions in certain situations. Uh, they gave him just enough time for him to be able to get the ball out of his hand in some circumstances. But overall, he was still being harassed and, it's just they, they were lucky that he had situations where he was able to just kind of throw the ball away. Um, but I'm still concerned. Uh, and, and I do think they can get it together. Uh, I do think they have a solid individual uh, offensive line unit. I think if you look at them individually, they're all pretty solid. Uh, the issue is the cohesiveness as an entire offensive line. Uh, that's where they've been having issues. But I think that can be fixed. Again, if they can be fixed, then this is a team that's going to be dangerous throughout the year. But I don't think that they're going to get it fixed right now. I don't think one or two, three weeks is going to fix it. I think it's a little bit longer of a process. So I'm not with everybody. I'm not with Dynamite uh, for their next yeah. game. I, I'm, I, I'm actually on the opposite side. Yeah, I, I'm just on a wait and see. I, I don't really want to take against uh, the Bengals, but I, I certainly don't want to take for them. Uh, they just, as, just doesn't look it doesn't look clean right now. It, it looks like a struggle. Uh, you know, even this game, uh, you know, they dominated, but it's still 24, 12, you know, if, if Zach Wilson had been there, maybe the jets get a little bit more life and it's a closer game. All right. Uh, next one, we don't have to go in depth. Uh, Eagles commanders, 24, eight, uh, 24, nothing at half. Uh, the Eagles are good. The Commanders are bad. Uh, anything to add? No, uh, just, you know, this game went exactly as I thought it would go. Uh, just, as you mentioned, one good team, one bad team. That's pretty much it. Carson Wentz, we finally saw him uh, regress a little bit back to what we saw from him last season. Uh, but so far, he's still having a pretty good season. I still think he's a top 15 in passing yard quarterback. So he, he's doing okay, considering he doesn't have a lot of weapons there. Uh, but, uh, oh, Good team beat bad team. That's pretty much it. The only thing, is there any concern that it's two weeks in a row that the Eagles have not scored in the second half? Uh, I mean, if you're up basically 24-3, 24-0, there's not a lot of purpose to do much other than just sort of run the clock out. But any concern there? I'm not I'm not concerned personally, but I'll tell you why I understand why, why this question is even being asked. Uh, this Eagles team has been picked by a lot of people as one of the favorites coming out of the NFC. And, and when you do that, you have loftier expectations. So when you see a team that isn't closing games out the way they should be, you start asking the question, should be, should we be worried? But honestly, let's look back at what this Eagles team really is. This is a team that tried to compete for an, for an NFC East title. Uh, and this is, I mean, we're talking about a division with the Giants. Uh, the commanders and the Cowboys who've had injury upon injuries over the last few seasons. So they're improving. They're, they're definitely improving and they're definitely a good team, but we can't expect them to be elite right off the bat. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to Saints Carolina. Uh, Carolina dominated this game pretty good. Uh, Jameis, you know, tacked on some uh, fake stats there at the end, but this game was over pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of this game and. I sort of think Carolina is what Carolina is. Uh, I, I think their defense is solid. Uh, McCaffrey's, you know, played good football uh, two weeks in a row here. Uh, I, I don't love the way Baker's playing. Uh, I think he's an upgrade, you know, from Darnold. But, I mean, it's once again, it's 12 of 25, 170, a touchdown. It's not great. Uh, uh, especially when, you know, this team sort of has sneaky weapons. Uh, you know, Chenault, Anderson, Moore, McCaffrey. It, it's not like a team that doesn't have offensive weapons. We were just talking like the Bears, you, you know. Uh, this cupboard isn't bare, uh, but they got the win here. Uh, I, I think despite their 1-2 and two record, they might be one of the ones that can sort of win a handful of games here and contend for that last spot in the NFC. Uh, what'd you make of this one? I'm a little surprised. I, I thought the game would go the opposite way. I thought the Saints defense would be able to show up and put up enough of an effort to really bother this Panthers offense. But, you know, I look at the the numbers for this Panthers offense and they look nice, but they don't look great. Uh, this was the part that worries me about this Panthers team is they're going to need a, a solid play throughout the entire team from special teams to defense and the offense to not really make mistakes, which they didn't do in this game, which is why they pulled off the win. Uh, and that, that part scares me is that they need so much to go right. Um, they could do so much better offensively. As you mentioned, they have a lot of nice weapons uh, and they just, I mean, I understand that Baker, you know, coming into a new team, new system, it, there's a learning curve there, uh, but maybe they'll, they'll get better as the season goes on. Yeah, uh, maybe so. Uh, you know, I, I was going to bring up, you know, this Jameis Leash has to be shrinking, but then I, I read today that Dalton got first-team snap, so it, it might have shrunk. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if he gets a start this week or they just go Dalton, but once again, the defense pretty solid and the offense just basically gives you nothing, even with Kamara back. Well, you know, one of the biggest things about uh, Jameis was the fact that uh, he has a big arm. He's a big body. You know, he can kind of shed tackler sometimes. And uh, he's got some uh, ability to kind of get out of the pocket and scramble a little bit. But he hasn't utilized any of those uh, any of those uh, tools uh, so far in the season. So I understand why they're, you know, uh, flirting with the idea of Dalton. Um, at least he adds a different element to your game. And then uh, bringing in your gadget quarterback uh, can be more of a um, a gadget uh, as he's meant to be. All right, uh, let's go to Jaguars Chargers. Uh, you know, we already touched on the Jaguars a little bit, but uh, another uh, impressive game. Uh, running the ball ridiculously well. James Robinson has been uh, just amazing coming back off that uh, torn Achilles. Uh, 17 for 100, broke a really nice long run. Uh, ATN starting to find his, uh, you know, rhythm here. Uh, 13 carries for 45 yards. Uh, he had three catches for 30 yards. Uh, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk continues to play good football, each a touchdown. Um, you know, there's not a lot bad I, I can say about this Jaguars team. The defense looks solid. Uh, 
you know, this is two weeks in a row. They put it on the Chargers and the Colts, uh, you know, got the shutout in this one. Uh, they didn't get a shutout here, but they just dominated this game uh, from the start of it to the end of it. Yeah, I think one of the most, uh, you know, I guess uh, shocking news in this game is the loss of Bosa for the Chargers. Um, you know, he's going to be out for a few weeks. He'll be back. But uh, the biggest issue, which we actually already touched on, was the fact that Herbert was still in that game late late in the game. Uh, I don't want to take too much away from the Chargers. Uh, as, as I mentioned, they had some injuries uh, going into this game. But I definitely do want to give kudos where kudos are deserved. Uh, this Jaguars team has been playing really good football. I put the game on for a little bit, and uh, my wife was like, wow, she's like, sunshine's pretty good. And I'm like, yeah. He is pretty good. Uh, it's amazing what having a coach yeah. who isn't tearing your team apart will do. Uh, Kirk, you know, he started off a little slow this this week, uh, but he really came to his own uh, later on in that game, and he helped this Jaguars team basically dominate this Chargers team. Um, as you mentioned, the running attack has been really good. You know, uh, a lot of people assumed that Etienne was going to get the uh, the start for for this Jaguars team. Uh, it's just a matter of time, but. Robinson has really grabbed the hold of that, of that number one spot. And he said, I'm not letting go. So you've got two guys that are competing and they're explosive, uh, along with a quarterback who's got a lot of raw talent. Uh, it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see if this team can uh, continue to grow uh, throughout this season. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a couple things on the Chargers here. First off, you know, yeah, they have some injuries, but I, I'm a little sick of their excuses, you know. You love the Chargers. It, it's just annoying. You know, go look at Bosa. Uh, he's played six seasons in his seventh. He's played a full season in three of them. He's played 12 games or less in the other three. So it's 50-50 uh, whether you get a full season. So uh, don't give me this shocked we lost Bosa. It's a 50-50 thing. And he played 16 games last season. So, you know, do some math. Now, the Slater injury is really going to hurt. You know, the a left tackle who was easily their best offensive lineman and, and controlled that line, that's nothing you can do. But even before he got hurt and even before Bosa got hurt, the Jaguars were dominant in this game and eating them alive. And quite honestly... That Chargers coach is just brutal. And we were kind to him last year because it was his first year. But this guy is awful. And his decision to leave freaking Herbert in that game when it's 38 to bloody 14 is just ridiculous. And then his comments afterwards where it's, well, he didn't want to come out. He wanted to stay out there with his teammate. Well, yeah. That's what players do. That's why you're the coach. You say, sit your ass down. This game is over. We have no left tackle. The Jaguars are going to try to hit the crap out of you because they don't care if your rib is hurt or not. It's just, he makes bad decisions. This team never lives up to the hype. It's now one and two. It's, you know, just got murdered by the Jaguars. And, you know... Eckler, four carries, nothing. You know, Sony Michelle, who they signed off the waiver wire, has more carries than Eckler. And it's just, I don't know. I, I'm just sick of the Chargers. Uh, basically, I'm sick of everybody in the AFC West 
They're all underachievers. We'll get to that disturbing Broncos game. Uh, you know, nonetheless, and Chris Collinsworth, this is what Russell Wilson does. Score one touchdown a game is what he does right now. So, yeah, I'm just sick of the Chargers. You know, call me when you get consistent and can win 10 games and get to a playoff instead of tell me how great all your talent is. Yeah, it's one of the issues with crowning a team on paper uh, prior to the season, you know, it, it, I, I like their head coach because, you know, he's got that Rams connection, but you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, you're the head of that team. And when your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, your future is banged up and you're losing the game. I don't care if he says he wants to continue. He wants to keep playing. You pull him. You know, that's one of the issues with the being Titans a, did it the week before and Tannehill wasn't even hurt. It, it, it's one of the issues with having a, a coach who's a player's coach it is sometimes he gets too friendly with the, with players and they start running the team. And uh, that's when you start having issues. Yeah. Well, what if Herbert had gotten drilled and he's gone? So no Slater, no Herbert, no Bosa. That's a three win team. That's your season. Yeah. At that point, it, it might be their season anyway. Cause you know, I don't see this healing quickly for Herbert. It's not going to get better with no left tackle. But, you know, we'll see if they can find their way to win some games. Rams 20, Cardinals 12. Uh, this score was should have been a lot more than it was. Uh, Rams dominated this game. The Cardinals were brutal. Um, they've been outscored 38 nothing in the first quarter so far this season. I think it was like 64 to 9 in the first half. Uh, it wasn't much different here. They just got dominated throughout the game. Uh, this would have been more if Akers didn't fumble the stupid ball stupidly trying to stick it out. Uh, anything here on Rams, Cardinals? The Cardinals just aren't a very good football team right now. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to see that Ben Sko from last season, who I was basically trashing, uh, had a good game finally for a change. Uh, so maybe he, he can kind of start yeah, developing a little bit more. they started lighting him up at fullback. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if you saw, he took out J.J. Watt. Did you see that? Yes. I mean, I know J.J. Watt's not J.J. Watt anymore, but he, I mean, he's this small guy and he flattened him out. Uh, but listen, the Rams are just a better team. They're not a great team right now. They're a team that uh, when they play against the good teams, they might be competitive. Uh, when they play against the bad teams, they're going to probably dominate them unless they have a bad day, where, uh, which they did trying to force Akers uh, carries. And uh, Henderson, in my opinion, is the better running back right now. Uh, I don't understand why you just don't switch to uh, straight up just Hendo. Uh, but listen, I don't want to spend too much time on this game. This was... Uh, Kind of an easy game. I know the score doesn't show it, but it really was. Yeah, I was never worried except for the fumble where we were going to get backdoored and uh, lose our bet as the Rams let them come down. But nonetheless, the Cardinals are even incapable of getting the touchdown when the other team's basically letting them score. Uh, Falcons-Seahawks. Um, this was a pretty entertaining game. I, I will say that. Um, Atlanta got their win. Uh, they continue to be... Uh, uh, a fun team to watch. Uh, Mariota's played really good football so far this year. Uh, whatever Cordell Patterson has become, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
he was basically out of the league <laughs> to the point where he returned kickoffs to, I don't know, the top three running back slash receiver. But they finally got Kyle Pitts involved. London took another catch. Um, I'll talk about the Seahawks in a second. But uh, can Atlanta sort of keep this up where they can remain spunky? I, I mean, you look at those teams in the NFC South, Carolina and Saints, I I don't necessarily look at them uh, all that much better than the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta's got a handful of playmakers. I don't know how much defense they can play, but they're pretty interesting offense nonetheless. Well, we have to remember that, you know, Marcus Mariota is not a, a pushover, so to speak. He was highly touted coming out of college, and and for several reasons, we saw some of his, uh, you know, arm strength, uh, in, you know, in the game. We saw his ability to read defenses. Now, the problem with him is that he hasn't been able to do this, uh, you know, game in and game out, which is one of the reasons why he's kind of jumped from team to team. But he, he's a pretty entertaining guy to watch. You know, he can get out, he can scramble, uh, he can find open wide re open receivers, uh, and, and he does a pretty good job at managing the game. Now, he's not going to wow you all the time, but he will have moments where he's going to definitely leave you in awe. And the resurgence of Cordell Patterson, now, I, I can't really call it a resurgence because it started last season, you know, when he really started yeah. kind of going off, being a Swiss Army knife. It's just continued, and, and he's... If he sees it the entire season through, I know that it's not really a comeback, but can we just give this guy the comeback player of the year award? Because as you mentioned, he was out of the league, basically. I thought he was done. And, um, you know, he's having a, basically a Pro Bowl year so far. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks, um, you know, I talked about it. I, I think they might be possibly the worst team. The offense looked a little better, but I'm very confused, uh, you know. You throw 44 times with Geno Smith. They had 23 carries for 112 yards. They don't seem to want to run the run game, though I thought that was the whole point. Exactly. I, I just, yeah, you got Metcalf and Lockett finally involved, but I, I just don't understand this team. You know, it, it just seems weird. You aren't winning football games if Geno Smith is throwing 44 times. That, good receivers or not. It, I just, I don't quite understand. I want to make a really uh, probably unpopular comment here. I, I want to say that DK Metcalf is overrated. And not to say that he's not gifted. I mean, physically, he's a monster. He's super fast, super quick. You know, he can jump like nothing. Uh but I don't think he's that great of a receiver. I, I think that Lockett's a better receiver than he yeah. is. I think Lockett runs better routes. I just think that, you know, DK's going to make the prettier-looking play, the prettier-looking catch. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why a lot of people have been enamored with him. But I really don't think he's that good because he's built like T.O., but he plays like uh, – I, I can't even think of anybody. Uh, Don Terrio Alexander. Or Donary Alexander. Uh, Donario Alexander. I, what yes. was he from Appalachia? Yeah. You're, I can't you're, remember where he's from, but you're dating yeah. yourself quite well, but yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying he's he's a guy who physically he's very uh you know intimidating. Uh and, and he can go up and he can make big plays, but he's not consistent enough to be an elite receiver, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh 
Uh, none of the young children born in the 2000s will know who the hell you're talking about. But luckily, I don't even I know if there's know. any information on him out there. Uh, yeah, he was a big receiver. Occasionally, he'd have crazy games where he'd catch for like 190, and then he'd have games where he'd catch three balls for 10 yards. Uh, I, I think he ended up with the Chargers at one point. Yeah, see, Chargers, Vikings up. Basically, everybody drafted him fantasy thinking he would have his breakout year and he'd have his breakout three games a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a little injury prone. All right, uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I think we pretty much summed this up in our preview and it uh, pretty much played out exactly how we thought in the preview. 14-12 Packers. Uh, I, I will say good win to go down there and get it. You know, uh, they grinded out enough yards. 12 carries, 36 Jones. 12 carries, 32 Dillon. Not impressive average, but, you know, that that's what it's going to be versus Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Rodgers found some nice passes. Uh, uh, you know, I thought... Uh, Dobbs was pretty solid. He looks like he's the, you know, one of the rookie class that's going to stand out. Uh, Lazard looked better in this one, at least healthier, using that big body. So good win by Green Bay. But like we said in our preview show, this is, there's nothing really to take from this game because neither of these teams are sort of what they're going to be towards the end of the, the year. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, this this Tampa Bay team, which we already know has a pretty stout defense, uh, but their offense is just completely obliterated right now. Uh, and, but they'll get healthier, and, and they'll get guys back, and, and they'll start getting back in sync. Uh, I'd like to see this matchup uh, later on in the season, though. Yeah. Uh, once the uh, the receivers for, uh, for Green Bay are a little more developed, and they've got kind of their offense locked into yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, just it's sort of one of those things where it's, too early for this game to be played. Uh, Denver, San Francisco, eleven uh, ten. Uh, you know, all you <laughs> pundits who were gloating about Jimmy G, you, you saw the Jimmy G experience in this one. Uh, the Russell Wilson experience wasn't all that much better. Um, I, I think we nailed this game too because we said San Francisco will be the better team, but they tend to do stupid things in games like this and find a way to lose and. That pretty much summed it up. Uh, uh, I don't know. Denver still looks really bad. The Niners are one and two, though their defense, I think, is really good. And no telling what you're going to get from the offense. But uh, I, I do. I'm now a little concerned because they lost basically their whole offensive line uh, with the uh, left tackle going out. So uh, what'd you make of this one? Uh, you know, you mentioned it. It's. It, I, I thought this would be more of an entertaining game. Denver's becoming less and less fun to watch. Uh, I had big hopes for, especially, you know, I wouldn't call myself a Russell Wilson fan. Uh, I, I would call myself a Russell Wilson appreciator. I appreciate the guy watching him play against my team for uh, many seasons. It's just, he's not the same Russell Wilson. And uh, the San Francisco team, regardless of uh, all the same weapons that are there, uh, as I, I mentioned, I had a little bit of doubt uh, in Jimmy G's confidence uh, coming off the bench, um, and it kind of showed. I mean, he made some mistakes that we're not accustomed to seeing him making, and and he lost a game that, based off the way Denver's been playing, he probably should have won, and, and they just couldn't close it out. So, you know, good win for uh, for Broncos, uh, but 
I mean, not yeah. really much to say. Thanks from for this giving game. this on Sunday night. We appreciate it. <laughs> I know, man. I sat there and watched part of this game. I was like, yeah, I got to work early tomorrow. This is definitely a call it early night. Yeah, basically for someone who'd been up for three days straight. This was not the highlight reel that uh, they wanted in life here. Uh, last one, uh, Monday Night Football, Cowboys, Giants. Uh, pretty solid game. Uh, really thought that the best I'd seen Daniel Jones throw the ball. Uh, I thought his receivers let him down, especially under the pressure. Uh, Barkley didn't have a great game, but he did break loose for the big long run. Uh, you know, Cowboys offense is what it's going to be. Uh it's definitely not explosive, but it's sort of been a total flip from, you know, three or four seasons ago where the defense couldn't do anything and it was being carried by the offense. And now it's basically the defense carrying them and trying to get enough plays from the offense to win this game. But good win for the Cowboys on the road uh, here, 23-16. Uh, yeah, I think the best part for them is the fact that they've remained competitive within the division, uh, even the fact with the fact that their quarterback's out. Uh, but they will get him back at some point. And I think that the team will be better once he comes back, not just from him coming back, but I think this uh, this injury has caused it so that Cooper Rush has almost delivered a sense of relief to this team where the pressure's not really on them because they're not really supposed to win against teams with their backup quarterback, uh, but yet they're doing it because they're playing loose and uh, they're doing it enough, uh, especially with that defense, uh, to be able to win games. And uh, I only had one bet in this game. I think I sent it to you guys, which was Jones to get a pick. And I stayed up all night for it to finally hit, man. Uh, but I, I finally went to sleep like a baby. Yeah. Um, I'm one thing on the cow. I'm curious when Dak comes back. Do you think they'll sort of scale back the offense more into this conservative, you know, uh, I'd say efficient style where, you know, nice split carries between Pollard and Ezekiel, uh, 13 15, ran for 176, you know, uh, rushed 21 to 31. They didn't ask him to make, you know, big throws, couple play actions, go for the deep ball. I wonder when Dak gets back if we sort of we see more scaled back on offense and just sort of let's make sure we don't lose the game for our defense here. I think you'd be doing him a huge favor if you simplify things. Yeah. Uh, I think he's better served for that. You know, we we talked about Ezekiel in the, in the preseason. He's not the workhorse that he used to be. Uh, I think at this point in his career, Pollard is probably a better running back. But, you know, you use both of them, uh, give him an equal, almost an equal share load. Uh, you spread the ball around to where it's not just one guy. Uh, and, and it takes some of the pressure off CeeDee Lamb. And you let your defense, you put your defense in better situations so they're not constantly, uh, you know, being uh, run uh, up and down the field. Uh, keep them off the field for longer periods of time with a little more consist uh, consistent offensive unit. And I think that it'd be better served to do that. So if they scale it back when he comes back, I think it's only better for this Cowboys team. Yeah. Definitely so. Should be uh, interesting to see what happens when Dak, uh, you know, gets back. If they sort of try to go back to that explosive offense or, you know, uh, try to win off their defense, which has worked two weeks in a row. Um, all right, that wraps it up for our recap. We'll be back with our best bets and picks later in the week. 
definitely want to see that. Be sure to like and subscribe. We just recorded our uh, college football best bets of the week with Dynamite David. You'll want to get into that. Had a big week this week, so uh, we'll see if we can uh, keep that up. Dynamite's still struggling a little bit, but we'll see if he can turn that around. Be sure to like and subscribe. We'll be back for a best bets and pick. That's our show, and we're out. Thank you.